0: Hey there, Christy Lynn Hanshee, AWOL Zebra, and I look forward to every opportunity I get when I get to share someone else's story with you. Now, as we've spoken about it, I don't have too many friends that I keep up with in the real world, but I have been fortunate enough to meet some via the internet, via Facebook, which you know is not my favorite thing to do, And I've been very fortunate to run across some wonderful people. And one of those wonderful people you are going to meet today, I've spoken about her many times. I've referenced her because I consider her the queen of supplements. That's right. Welcome to AWOL Zebra, Allie Gillies. How are you today?
1: I am absolutely fantastic. And it was funny, uh, while I was waiting to log on to this, I was going through our messages on Facebook, and I, I was able to scroll back only to, to as far as I want to say it was like March of 2023. And I know we met before that, but that's as far oh. as I got back. And uh, it's just crazy. It was in March of 2023 that we decided, oh, we should we should do you know an episode together, and it's taken us this long. So thank it, you for having me.
0: No, I am so happy. And you know what? I went back looking too. And if I, if we go back and look, we started talking about this in October of last year.
1: I believe it. I believe it. It's been a long time because I know initially you wanted to do it and I and I think maybe even collaborate with someone else or, or do it together and yeah. I was just like, I couldn't. And then I was just like, you do it, you'll be amazing and you've been amazing and you've helped so many people. So it's just so awesome to uh, to finally connect uh, in this way. when we, we talk offline, obviously, but you know what I mean.
0: No, th- no, this is absolutely awesome. And what I'm excited about, and one of the reasons why it took so long is I, my nickname for you is the Sergeant. Uh-huh. <laughs> and we started knowing each other. I kept seeing like SGT and all that. Come to find out you're very active and and we're going to get into that, into the theater. That has to do with a the theater group that you're involved in. But what attracted me to you because I I believe in I I don't buy into the exercise programs that people offer and the supplements when people are like oh I have this illness and I take these supplements and follow me and I never see them down and I was watching your comments before I you know ever messaged you and I was like this woman is quite active but I've also seen that she's down sometimes and you amaze me because you're you're able to go on trips and you're able to do things but it wasn't always like that tell us about I mean what kind of led you down the path to be able to discover that you have this illness I I know not all of us get a diagnosis it's kind of a self-discovery kind of thing when did it kind of all come together for you
1: so as far back as I can remember, and I mean like first, second grade, walking to elementary school by yourself, which is what we did back in the day. I lived in a tiny little seaside town in Massachusetts and I would feel my knees buckle and I would fall and I would dislocate my knees. Well, I didn't know that I was doing that, but I would hurt my knees and my knees would lock up and my ankles would twist and my pinkies would do weird things when I fell and my shoulders would, would hurt. And I could read a book at night before I went to bed with my feet behind my head as a pillow. And I thought that was such a fun trick. I was super bendy. My mom um, would tell us stories of when she would go skiing because she had these terrible scars on her shoulders. Uh, They sewed her sockets into her shoulder sockets into place because she was had shallow sockets. That was what they told her. Um, I had limited activity as a kid I had asthma but I didn't get told I had asthma oh no I had chronic bronchitis and I was I was chronically ill like I missed probably 20 to 30 days even more of school every single year until I missed so many days in high school that they made me stay back and I quit high school and went to the community college because I just couldn't put in a full day of school and I thought that was normal you know, like I, I didn't think anything of it um, I met my husband we quickly um, started to have kids and I would have been 28 maybe at the time and all three kids came early and we thought, oh, that's just Allie. That's just what happens. And now, I mean, you know, I'm not officially diagnosed in the sense that it took until my my teenager who would have been, it would have been 11 at the time when we started seeking a diagnosis for hypermobile Ehlers-Danlos syndrome and a friend of ours uh, uh, in the next town over from where I grew up had said, you know, what you got going on to me, because at this point I was on gabapentin and had all sorts of neurological issues. And, and, um, we had homeschooled for about six years at this point And, uh, the kids wanted to go back to school cause I was so sick. I couldn't like leave the house. And the, um, the, the gal messaged me on Facebook and she's like, you know, I have this thing. I think you have this thing. I think your kid has this thing. Cause at this point, We're talking the youngest would have been in um, sixth grade, recently back to public school like a month before, and was sitting down on the ground, petting the dog, went to get up. You witnessed the hip sort of like fly out of place and and sort of pop back into the socket and the kid couldn't walk. Three months later, multiple different, uh, you know, big name hospitals in in the city of Chicago where we now live um, said it's idiopathic. Some accused the kid of lying. Like the kid couldn't walk. Like this was not fake. And I have a dramatic child, I get that, but like, no. So we went to go see um, Dr. Um, Tinkle out in, uh, he wasn't in Indiana at the time. I think he had moved to Advocate Hospital in Chicagoland. And um, we went there and I did not realize he was a geneticist. He's a brilliant man. He's a genetic doctor. I thought he was a doctor that diagnosed hypermobile Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, not the guy that sort of like wrote the book on it. And because my kids and my husband at the time had a suspected genetic mutation for something else that causes epilepsy, and I'm pretty uh, aware of that and and been studying and reading and researching that diagnosis for for decades, um, he did did not like me because he thought I was cocky. And he basically said, you don't need me. I'm the geneticist. And I went, oh, crap, because I knew geneticists have, you know, they know a lot of things and I probably ticked them off. And he just said your kid doesn't have hypermobility. I don't know why their, their hip did what it did, but you know, they have bendy knees and bendy elbows, but that's it. I'm not giving you a diagnosis. That was age 11. And we were told that, that the youngest had, um, growing pains and that was why they were in so much pain. So we kind of got dismissed and the pediatrician said, you know, you have growing pains at the time. I was still having issues because that's why the kids went back to school. I continued on my gabapentin. Um, you know, uh, the youngest was, was just sort of stuck when we weren't really sure what was going on. Um, I think I, I think I changed the order of things, but basically long story short is when the kids started, um, school, they ended up in a wheelchair and we didn't know what to do about it. So we went to go see, um, our our chiropractor, which wasn't our chiropractor at the time. I literally got a phone call from a girlfriend who I knew from, from another place. And she said, you know what? My husband's a chiropractor. Why don't you just bring, you know, the kiddo in and we'll just see. So long story short is they manipulated, um, Dr. Vijay Patel in Arlington Heights, uh, manipulated the, the, uh, I think the kid was what the youngest would have been like 11 and a half, maybe at the time, um, manipulated the hip and the kid could walk again. And we were like, what the heck did you do? So, he talked to us and he said, you know, I really think you guys are hypermobile. And this is something we need to work on because you just strengthen your muscles. And then he found out I was on gabapentin and he's like, hey lady, yeah, no. Um, so I began seeing him and he's the one that got me off of the medications I was on. So I was on gabapentin, a couple other pain meds. Um, no supplements really. Um, I don't think I took, maybe I took like vitamin C on occasion, but I really took nothing daily. Like I did not have like a daily medicine, little you know thing that i have now like now i have like a 7 day planner and um anyway so it ended up that he looked at my neck and said i think you have some pinched nerves he sent me for an mri and sure enough it looked like my um disc in my i want to say it was my c3 c4 so the cervical 3 and 4 vertebrae were a little bit squished together and my facet joints in my neck were fused which i was told at the time was due to my age now at the time i would have been like I don't know, 47, maybe 46. And, um, he was like, let's work on that. So I did a lot of exercises. I went into a six month program. So I'm exercising at the chiropractor's office three days a week doing physical therapy, um, YTWL exercises, bunch of, bunch of different things, hip flexor exercises, this, that, and the other. And he weaned me off the gabapentin and I still had pain and some neuropathy. And he said, let's send you to a rheumatologist. I went to a rheumatologist affiliated, I want to say with Advocate Lutheran General here in Chicago. And she sort of laughed and said, well, you're not going to want to take all these supplements I'm going to tell you to take, because most people just go on Plaquenil, which is, um, uh, it's it's the um, hydrochloroquine, I think is what it is, Wh- whatever it is. It's it's the it's the drug that um, they give you if you have malaria, but for some right. reason it treats like arthritis and things and i was like i looked up what it did to your liver and i said no no thank you give me the list of supplements so she literally writes this mongo list it's you know fish oil and vitamin d and vitamin b12 complex um, methylated vitamin b specifically it had to be um, a certain probiotic tart cherry ginger turmeric i mean the list just went on and i was like oh my god And I kind of was very overwhelmed and I happened to be in my garden outside. Like I'm not a gardener. So I'm like standing in the yard, looking at everyone else's pretty garden in my dirty grass. And the neighbor goes, Hey, what's going on? And she was an old, like a little bit older. Like she's like in her mid sixties. And I mentioned that I got this list of supplements and I just don't know where to go. Did she know of a health food store? And she's like, you need to shop on life extension. It's one of the best places to get supplements. They're affordable. They're vetted. You should try it. So I make like a $250 order on this thing. And I'm like, oh, my God. Um, and I start taking them. And this would have been 2017, 2018, maybe. Um, I think it was 2017. And within maybe six weeks, and mind you, I'm still going to the chiropractor and doing my exercises. My tingly fingers went away. My swollen ankles went away. My swollen fingers went away. my My, my hand, my wrist pain. It all started to fade. And the chiropractor was like, oh, it's the tart cherry. It's the magnesium. It's all these things you take, and Oh, it's amazing. I'm so glad they had you do that. And I was just like, oh, my God. And at this point, the kids have chosen to go back to school. It's halfway through their first year back in school. And I'm like, hey, guys, I feel better. You want to come home? They're like, no. Um, and that's sort of where my supplements began. And I haven't stopped. I'm terrible sometimes like for whatever reason in the summertime, I can't swallow as many pills. So what I end up doing is I feel good if I do it five out of seven days and it's no guarantee which days it is. Like I literally just took my supplements like an hour ago and I choked them down. Cause it's a lot. It's like 17 pills. It's, it's obnoxious. Um, but I have energy. I have, like, I feel like I, I walk past a mirror and go, Oh my God, who's that old woman. But I don't feel it. I don't feel 51. Like I just literally just turned 51. I don't feel it.
0: Well, it's incredible because I mean, at one point you were bedridden.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. I wasn't bad. I couldn't, I could not get off the couch, which is when my three kids were like, I don't want to homeschool anymore. We don't do anything.
0: Yeah. And so, so you couldn't do anything. You haven't been formally diagnosed, Correct. but kind of been diagnosed through your children. and And that's the story that I hear from a lot of mothers, like they'll take, you know, and it's not to say that our mothers didn't care. We're just, cause I'm 53 you're 51. Right. A different time. Right. Well, If you could chew, if you could walk and you could breathe, you were fine. Exactly. We didn't wear helmets on our bikes. (laughs) Like, you know, it was just a different time. So things that I grew up with, that I have happening to me now, I'm like, okay, these gastric issues and things like that, I'm like, these are not normal. Right. And then when then now, because I guess of the invention of, fa- of Facebook and everything like that, you get into these groups and you start seeing that all of these people have this issue. And then when you mention it to the doctor and the, if the doctor, you know, recognizes that you have HEDS, that's when they're like, oh, well, you have gastroparesis, you have this. Right. So that I thought were normal growing up I've witnessed like in my son so that's when I that's what I feel is getting a diagnosis more for the mothers is because we lived through things that we're realizing aren't normal and now we see it in our children and we fight like crazy to get our children diagnosed
1: right and I think part of it too so like we ended up it was when we figured, I think it was over the pandemic, would have been like November 2020 when I finally got the kids and John um, genetically tested for a um, uh, KCNQ2 mutation, which is the thing that causes their epilepsy. And we got that tested. And that's when we hooked into the um, geneticist. And we said, oh, do you would you test for, and I didn't let them know that we saw Tinkle. I said, would you test my youngest for HEDS? And they said, well, we can't do that, obviously, over Zoom, you know, because it was Zoom at the time. Like, but what we can do is when we'll call you with our first available opening. So we got in very quickly when everything opened up, we went in masked and everything. And that's when um, the, the team, you know, I think I'm trying to think how old the the youngest was. Oh, goodness. This would have been maybe 2021. So 15 years old, I guess. And so at 15 years old, the wingspan was really long, uh, really, really tall um you know chest was a little concave and they're like marfan not marfan well they did measurements it wasn't marfan then they said okay do all these things and then the, the geneticist um it was dr carolyn jones she was covering for the pediatric geneticist there and she said all right mom stand up and do these things and then it was you know can your thumb touch your inside of your arm and mine mine do that and then you know i can bend over and i can put my my palms and my hand my fingers underneath my feet. Um, things you're not supposed to be able to do. And she said, Oh, mom, you have hypermobile Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, and you gave that to your kid. Now, was that a formal diagnosis? No, but all she did clinically in terms of an exam for the teenager was the same thing. So I feel adequately diagnosed by a geneticist in terms of like, I got, I sort of like checked the box and like, okay, I'm not crazy. The kid has a diagnosis for me. It's not as important because I am not in a situation where I am a full-time employee that requires accommodations. I think a diagnosis, a formal diagnosis is extremely important if you are, say, in college and you need accommodations for housing or whatever, or you are in a particular type of job and you need accommodations. It really depends on the situation whether a diagnosis is beneficial. A diagnosis is beneficial mentally, I think, for all of us. But right. I think in terms of myself, I didn't need to like have it in my medical chart. Like people write it down, like suspected because I, nobody, there's no doctor that's officially diagnosed me, but it, it, it's good enough. Um, you know, based on my kid, clearly we are twins. So it has to be.
0: <laughs> no, I no, you're, that's, you're exactly right. And, and it's always <laughs> my, my philosophy is, you know, I, I've been doing all this so that my son doesn't have to suffer right. the way. I had to suffer. So I do feel that when it comes to our children, you know, I'm a big, you know, (laughs) don't do it to my child. Do whatever you want to me, but not to my child. So we fight like crazy for them, but you, when you, when you got the, 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 the idea that finally it's not in your head, you know, what's happening because what you suffer through you know how to help your children and the fact that what i find so fascinating is that you did work yourself up off the couch you did yeah. work yourself out of bed i mean you still have some down days and and I, I was mentioning you one episode because i'm just bound and determined to fight this fatigue i'm just right. bound like, I don't understand why I only have so much time in a day, right? And you were telling me how you had to do it like in five minute increments per week.
1: Yeah. So in terms of like, so there's a couple different things in, in regards to fatigue. So I was around the same time I saw the chiropractor, I found a new primary care physician. Dr. Enrique Segill, who is out of Bartlett, Illinois, and uh, he's now does his own private practice. He's like a concierge doctor now, so I can't afford to see him now that he's charging like cha-ching. But at the time, he was a regular MD, you know, through like Advocate Lutheran General. And anyway, I, he, he happened to be my new primary. I picked him off the book, you know, and I went and I saw him and we had like an hour and a half visit. It was insane. And he went through my lifestyle and everything else. And I had like heavy periods and I was really tired and he felt my throat. And so he sent me for a thyroid scan. I had two nodules on my thyroid, sent me for um, uh, a vaginal ultrasound and found a a pretty decent size, like a larger than a golf ball sized um, ovarian cyst. And he said to me, okay, it's going to be like two or three months to get into the surgeon. You'll probably need to have that removed. But meanwhile, I want you to try C-iodine. He said, because C-iodine will treat, um, he goes, what he felt based on my blood work was a mild case of um, low low thyroid, hypothyroid. And so so that's slow thyroid. And then he felt like in his country, he was Japanese. He said, um, you know, a lot of people in Japan do not have cysts or cystic ovaries or, and these these other issues because they eat a high iodine diet, and unless you want to like live on seaweed, I suggest you supplement. So that was the first supplement I actually ever took because I saw him before I saw the the uh, rheumatologist, and I started on sea iodine, and I swear to goodness. And I am a person who used to, before having children, did not require coffee. Never had coffee in my life till my second kid, and I would go, I would wake up and go boing. And I had stopped doing that. So I started taking the C iodine. And in the first few weeks, it it, he warned me it would disrupt my sleep. And it did. I had insomnia. I was not happy about that. But once my body got used to it, and I've been taking C iodine now since 2016, it is the most brilliant thing in the world. A, it dissolved my cyst. B my thyroid nodules went away. C, I have energy every single freaking day I take it. And I'm down to I used to do three to four cups of coffee a day. I now do one in the morning. If I have a second one, It's very weak or it's like ice cream, you know, coffee, ice cream flavor, just because it tastes good. Um, But like, I don't require caffeination. I am energized. I feel better. My skin is better. I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but whatever. Um, But C. iodine was was the first supplement I took. And I have found that going through perimenopause and menopause and all the fun things that that you have go on, that that... And I take rhubarb for the hot flashes. It's like, um, like a. Uh, it's not a. It's it's a. You know how like they give you hormone replacement therapy? I don't do that, but it's a safe plant based uh supplement. It's not estra It's not um soy based either. It's it's rhubarb extract. I have no idea why it works, but I do not have hot flashes anymore. But like, I kind of, for me, it, it's tricky because there's been so many things that have gone on in our lives. I mean, we've been a medical crisis family since. The kids were freaking born with the seizure stuff and John having seizures and, you know, he had brain surgery. I didn't have time to be down after the period of time I was down. Like they were testing me for MS. I had spinal taps. I had a ridiculous amount of tests where no one really tested for what was going on with me for sure. Like no one said, oh, you could have HTDS." No, they said, oh, you might have MS. Oh, you might have this. I have an arachnoid system I had. Could that be part of the situation? Probably. Um, But the way I the way I operate now is I so I should I should preface this with because people listening to this, if they actually know me, it would be like, oh my God, this is the most negative person I've ever met prior to like three years ago. I used to be a complainer. I used to be negative. I used to be, um, oh, woe is me. The world has happened to me and why is it it's not fair? Well, I changed my perspective. I don't know if it's when John had brain surgery or not, because I almost lost my husband, but I wake up every day now and I say, today's going to be a great day. I'm going to accomplish great things. Now, one day it could be a long walk and I water the garden. One day could be, you know, I don't know. I bake a cake, whatever. I have low expectations of myself. And so everything (laughs) feels like a good day. It does, you know, but Uh, the the thing we were talking about before, because I I swear to God, I have ADHD because I'm all over the place in a bag of chips, but. When you had said something about, um, because I went off the rails, you were telling me about, what the hell did you say?
0: We were talking about the fact that uh, the diagnosis for our, you know, fighting to get the diagnosis for children, and then talking about uh, how you started in increments. Oh,
1: five minutes. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, five minutes. And and that's in regards
1: to exercise. So, for example, I am not one... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to be able to exercise a lot. Like I've just never been super athletic. It's not my gift. But when I was told by the doctor, you know, this, is, this was told to my kid, hey, kiddo, you got to start exercise and we recommend a recumbent bike. We think you're exercise intolerant due to this. We think you might have POTS. We think you might have all these other things that are all comorbidities of, of HEDS. And the doctor said, and the kid's like, I can't exercise. And the doctor's like, well, you're going to laugh at me, but I want you to do you know, two minutes on the bike and build yourself up to five minutes. And then after you do five minutes for a week, I want you the next week to do 10 minutes. It's going to take you many weeks so you can get up to riding your bike for 35 minutes a day or 30 minutes a day or whatever it was. And I thought to myself, oh, that explains my entire life. Because when I started walking, I did a loop around the block and my block is literally a 0.25 of a mile. One one loop around, I was exhausted. Two loops around, like two weeks in. Three weeks in, I did three loops around. I finally did four because it was exactly a mile. And then I went, okay, now I know I can make it a mile, which meant I could walk down to the reservoir, around it and back, my house, which was like 1.25 miles. And now I do that every single morning in like 20 minutes because I built myself up. But if I had tried to do that initially, I'd be in bed the next day. Like Like, it's not, I don't tolerate exercise like normal people like I can't just be like oh let's start a thing I, there's a place I don't even know what it's called but it's a place where like you do like little rotations where it's like five minutes on each machine and you get this oh yeah, workout. yeah and so there's a place in Palatine and um where I live and it was like some free thing and to try and then you would sign up well I did it once I was in bed for, for almost a week like I had broke something and I was like Oh, my God. And it was because you had to do high intensity, like, two minutes here and two minutes there and two minutes there. But, like, on 10 different machines, 25 minutes later, this amazing easy workout for even the old people. And I'm like, okay, I am 46. I think I was 46 at the time. And I broke myself doing stupid things. It was, like, two minutes on the bike and two minutes lifting weights. It was not – each thing individually was not difficult. But put them all together. And I was, like, incapacitated, which reminded me back in high school when I tried to run track. Oh, that was cute. Um, no, I landed in bed out of school for a full week because I could not bend my legs to stand up. Like that's not normal. Normal people like get exhausted, they get tired, they're sore, but they're not like crippled. See, that's just,
0: it's, it's, it's so interesting to hear your story because you know, I truthfully now I did a lot of things. I twirled a baton. I twirled fire. I was in parades. I couldn't do gymnastics. I couldn't do parallel bars because I was so tall that they couldn't separate them far enough (laughs) to do them. And I had no coordination, but I never had the stories that you were telling and other individuals where, I mean, I had like the heavy periods. I was told I couldn't have children, you know, tilted uterus, all these little things and, and gastric issues, but that was all just attributed to my father having IBS. So that's how they just dismissed everything. But you tell the tale of that. I hear from so many people about having problems with this all your life. I, never had i mean i was klutzy i never really had anything that set me back until after my pregnancy right. and if i had given vaginal birth i think i probably wouldn't have gotten off the table i was very lucky that i had an emergency c-section right because it probably would have just tore me apart but you went through life having these problems with track i mean since since you know with your fingers and everything since you were a kindergartner and then go on to have three children and i mean i'm just shocked at how differently this illness affects
1: us all well and i think part of it so like for example after the fact hindsight's 2020 i had three kids all kids all three of them were early 37 weeks 36 weeks or 30 no 37 35 37 that's how it went But like, it wasn't too early. Good measurement. That would be good body measurements. (laughs) Right, Exactly. And and like they, it just, it just didn't, didn't make, it makes sense now, but it didn't occur to me at the time. Right, right. Different things that I had, like, you know, after having three kids, I I had a little bit of urinary incontinence and I was like, that's weird or like leaking, I would guess you'd call it. And, you know, but now I do, and I know this, this broke you, but I did, uh, I do bridge exercises every day and I don't. I can sneeze without wetting myself, which is, used to be a problem. Um, but, like, I think part of it, too, is they haven't figured out the gene, right? So let's let's imagine, if you will, that science catches up with us in 20 years. And they say, oh, my gosh, Christy, the gene is blah, blah, blah. And it's like, if it has an X in it, it's your kind of H-E-D-S. And if it has a Y in it, it's my kind. Like, I really think they're going to figure out that there's a ver- variety of HEDS genes and that you have to have say say there was five just to be you know it's kind of like talking numbers but let's pretend there was five genes and if you have all five it's the most severe case and if you have one you're really bendy and maybe you have a couple comorbidities i don't know how they're going to figure it out but like the science at some point is going to say if you have x y and z your outcome is this and your outcome is that because some people will get upset with me and I had some lady yell at me on one of the the Facebook pages, which I respect because I didn't really think about how I said it. I was saying like, you have an opportunity, like you can get better, things get better. And she got all mad. And she's like, don't, you can't tell people things going to get better because things got worse for me. And I appreciate that because in your case, you lived a, a essential normal life until you couldn't anymore. And I lived a, oh, I can't do these things my whole life. So like, Me being not athletic was just, I'm a klutz. Me not being able to do certain things was just, oh, my hands hurt. So I can't do that for as long. I always had an excuse or a reason that I could rationalize with myself why I couldn't do something. Where you were very, very active and did all these things. And then you gave birth and then you couldn't and you were bedridden and all the horrible things happened to you. And for me, I feel like I've lived like a horrible happening the whole time. But like I didn't know it was horrible because it was always the way it was. You know what I mean? So I haven't lost as much because I never had it in the first place. But like, but my point to the lady, when I sort of discussed it with her offline, I was like, listen, I didn't mean to upset you. I said, but for me, yeah, I have a lot of limitations. And if I focused on them, I would be very sad. Like, I can't climb a mountain, you know, easily. I probably could have had to, but like, I, I can't do a lot of things. And if I looked at the can't, I would be like, oh, that sucks. But I can walk my dog. I can water my plants. I can drive my daughter. I can, you know, read. I can, and I'm a great cook. So I can enjoy food and I can enjoy making it. I am a great conversationalist. So I love talking to people. I'm an amazing volunteer. I feel productive because I volunteer and it's sort of like my job. I don't look at the fact that I probably couldn't sustain a full-time job. I don't look at the fact that I have limited things that I can't do. Because if I did, it would be depressing. But it's kind of like people that are put on um, an allergy diet. If you looked at the 10 things that you're allergic to that you couldn't eat, and their ingredients are in everything, you'd be like, oh, there's 400 foods I can't eat. But you're not looking at the 1000 foods you can't eat. So to me, it's it's psychological. I can do anything I want to. Now, is that 100% true? No. But it is for me. Because I have chosen not to want to do the things that hurt me. So do I want to go skiing? Maybe. But do I really want to mentally? No, because I break myself. So like, (laughs) I'm not going to go skiing. And I don't feel bad for the people that ski. I go, oh, have a good time. If you invite me, Christy, on a ski vacation, guess where I'm going to be? A little cute little bunny in the thing. And I won't even be cute because I don't know how to be cute. But like, I would eat, drink hot cocoa and be fine with that. And probably can't even drink hot cocoa because I'm lactose intolerant. But you know what I mean? I was just getting
0: ready to say it. you probably would have a a, a a tolerance issue with that. So, but 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 I mean that that they are right. It is about an attitude, and I I have spoken to several people that have taken a, a, a social media break because when you go through the groups and things like that, it can be very it it can put you in a negative headspace. Oh yeah. You know, when you sit there and, and you know, somebody is, you know, puts out that, you know, this is happening to me now. And, and the stuff that sometimes I see people complaining about, I'm like, that happens to me all the time. But I right, just, right. I don't, it's like, I'm just used to it and I don't think about it. And then all of a sudden I'm thinking about it. And I'm like, I didn't know that was a problem. I just learned to live with it. Right. But you're right. I and mean, it does have the way you I I, I always say that this is a mental illness, meaning that it's all in how you encompass it and then take, take in how it affects you. Well, I
1: mean, the way that I was told just in terms of, so, so this is not to do with my situation, but like uh, just in terms of, if you talk to a physician, a pain doctor, a pain medicine doctor, because we were at the Shirley Ryan pain ability lab for the 15 year old. And, you know, chronic pain, all these complaints, the kid wanted drugs, the doctor was like, if I put you on drugs, you'll end up on hard drugs, you'll end up in like, you know, a delinquent, basically. And I was annoyed because I thought the kid deserved some, some medication. But the doctor said, I want you to try for two weeks to do these psychological techniques. I'm going to teach you to reduce your pain. Now, the kid's pain went from a 10 down to a six. That's pretty good. Then wow. we saw a neurologist because they did know that with the, with the uh, genetic mutation we have, that could have affected their pain channels, which was out of the purview of, of the, the pain management clinic. They didn't know anything about that. They're like, we're so sorry, but you got to wait to see the neurologist because we really can't prescribe you anything. The neurologist said, hey, kid, I think you're not sleeping very well, and I think you need to go on clonopin which will help with your uh, misfiring of your k and channels, which was the genetic thing, and maybe your pain will reduce. The kid's pain went from a six to a three. A three was tolerable for my kid. And the kid's like, that sounds great. I'm doing fantastic. Now, fast forward a couple of years, and we're actually going in October to get a sleep study to determine, is clonopin the best medication for the sleep issue, aka the pain issue as well? And is there anything else going on? And is there seizure activity causing the pain? And if there is, then there's probably a better drug we can put the kid on. But the point of the matter is, is that there are psychological techniques that the kid learned, that I learned meditation, uh, a clean sleep routine that on its own dropped four points of pain. Now, for people that have chronic pain or a five or a six, if they could drop four points of pain down to a two or a three, that might be a tolerable lifestyle for them too. So I do feel like psychologically, mentally, if we look at it and say, okay, I'm going to try all the things, the meditation and maybe take a class or yoga or whatever. And I don't mean like doing like hard physical yoga. I mean like very modified stretches you can do not hurt yourself. Um, but more the mental part of yoga where at the end, like you lay in the, I can't even know, it's like savasana or something and you lay down flat, like you're kind of like dead in a coffin and you breathe and, and it's amazingly relaxing. Like you sink into the, into the floor and it's incredible. That breathing technique can, can reduce pain. It's scientifically proven to do so. So it's kind of like if you take those scientifically proven pain reduction techniques that are non-medications, combine them with medications because I'm not suggesting people don't take medicine if they're in pain. I, I value that. But I also know that the body, the way that the drugs are made, they're made for you to need more of them. And at a certain point, they just don't work. So, I mean, even with me and Gabby Penton, I was, I was a walking zombie, but I wasn't in pain until I was still in pain and still a zombie. Like it wasn't super helpful. Um, but you know, I don't know the way I just try to live my life in a way that's positive and, and happy. And I make people laugh. And if I'm in a really bad mood, I'll be the funniest. So that's how people can know if I'm in a bad mood. And if I'm depressed, I am silent, which my husband will be like, Oh God, what's wrong with her? That's Um, (laughs) yeah. <laughs> well but no, no I do
0: I I like the way that that you look at things and I know that it has a lot to do with how you feel I, I know that you know if if you're in the mindset like I'm never going to get better I'm never going to get better then you probably are never going to get better yeah. you don't see any positivity but What was it? Because like for me, I I, like I'm sitting there like I know you get up every morning and you do your exercises and and you do the YTLs and all that. And then you do the bridges that kill me. Right. Which which is another thing that I'm like, how can you do that? But the fact that you can get up and that you can do those things and then you start your day. I don't have the patience. I'm really trying to get the patience, but I just have a good day. And then I forget that I really have issues and then I go down. Right. So so how long did it take you to get to the point that you will? Okay. So you realize, okay, I can't walk to the lake yet, but this is what, I can do like did you just you. do a dedicated I am going to get to a mile I know it's not a mile but you know yeah. I, I'm going to get to this destination how did you start the path to where you now can get up because I know it didn't happen overnight I no no no, no. I so it,
1: think it so if, if we it. if we go back in time in so we'll go back to when we moved from Massachusetts so it was 20 the spring of 2012 when we started packing up our stuff and we um, or no, I guess it was, I guess, no, it was, it was the spring of 2013. So we knew we were moving in 2012, but it took us a, a year to do it. So anyway, so we moved in the, we moved here in September 29th of 2013, but it would have been like August of 2013 that I started to have an incredible um, situation GI wise. I had. Uh, yeast overgrowth. And the doctor, um, my, my primary care in Massachusetts, sent me to Illinois with like a ridiculous amount of medication for it. And said, you know, I know you can't get into a new primary doctor for several months. So take this and good luck to you. And I had um, chronic, I'm going to say it's wrong, it's pruritus. So it's like chronic hives, basically chronic itchiness. And I had this wave like itch that went from the top of my scalp down my arms onto my trunk, Sometimes my skin was had a texture to it that was really itchy. Other times it wasn't, whether it's MCAS or not, I don't know. I've asked to be tested. The allergist said no, so I have no words for that. But meanwhile, I had this chronic, chronic itch to the point where, like, I really wanted to cut my skin off. It was really bad. So that was 2013. At the time, I eliminated all foods. I did an elimination diet, and I really could only tolerate, no joke, spinach, plain pasta, and... um chicken and most of the time i honestly just had like chicken spinach and romaine salads like it was very basic maybe a little dressing maybe not but like i didn't eat hardly anything and i got down to my lowest i've ever been in my entire life like i don't think i weighed myself till i was a teenager aside from the doctor's office so i was like 145 in ninth grade and five foot six um and i'd never got any taller so five foot six and i'm like 131 pounds in 2013 probably like november of 2013 living in illinois awful GI issues, terrible skin issues. And that was when the journey to figure out what was wrong with me started. And and the the chronic pruritus, the chronic itch was actually caused by the, the C3, C4 nerve issue in my neck, which we didn't find until 2017. So if you can imagine, I had four years of chronic itch, four years of homeschooling my kids, and I would just like do it on antihistamines and coffee. So I was like, you know, it was like uppers and downers, essentially. Um, <laughs> And I would walk with John. We had our dog Tyke at the time, and he and I would walk a good couple miles every morning. That's when I, walking wasn't a big deal for me. I could wake up. I didn't have much joint pain. Uh, I was uber flexible. But this itch was the primary thing, and I pretty much went for a walk with him. Took the kids here and there and everywhere for homeschooling, because um, we, we didn't do like um, we did like a lot of like uh, what do you call it? like living learning through living so we we did um, museums and activities and, and we went places pretty much every day sometimes far sometimes near there was not a ton of walking mostly driving when I would get out of the car my hips would hurt so like that was like a noticeable thing I noticed but it wasn't until when I I think my journey started to like get better slowly but surely was when they thought I had MS and I had the um, spinal tap and literally when I was crippled to the point where I could not raise my head because the spinal tap, because I have EDS, which now I know why, um, my, um, the, the, the spinal tap leaked. And so I had uh, that spinal headache and they didn't believe me. So it took a week to go in to book a blood patch for them to fix it. That was awful. Um so I had to go into the OR they had to patch up the leak and go oh my god your CSF fluid is leaking into your body well no kidding um and so they fixed that and around that time was when they I went for a second opinion with a neurologist and he was like oh going through the chart oh wow that arachnoid cyst that's pretty big and I was like what I'd been to a neurologist 9 months before that no one told me I had a freaking arachnoid cyst in my head I have a, a fluid filled or air filled so I call myself an airhead occasionally um, airfield system. I freaking had, it's the size of a toddler football. Like it's not small, like it's huge, um, uh, in the middle of my freaking head and all those things. And I was like, what? And I said to myself, okay, this isn't working anymore. I was devastated by the fact that my kids went back to school and we didn't homeschool for any reason, aside from the fact that my kid had a, a mold allergy when we lived in Massachusetts. So I'm not one of these fruity people that's like, you know, I didn't do it for any reason. That wasn't just like necessity. Well, I enjoyed having them home, so I was bummed out, and I felt like a failure, and my kids were back in school, so this would have been 2017, around the same time that the youngest uh, dislocated their hip, and we began the official journey of trying to figure out what the hell's wrong with them, and then subsequently me, I said to myself, I can't live like this anymore, I can't live like I am a zombie, because at this point, I was put on gabapentin, and I just was like, I can't, and- once I saw the chiropractor, I think that was when he showed me for the first time. And I really think it was him. He showed me for the first time that I could exercise, but not a lot. Cause he was like, you can do five YTWLs at a time. Why are you trying to do 20? I'm like, well, cause you shouldn't do 20. He goes, well, most people should do 20, but clearly you should only do five. And I was like, Oh, and then I would be like, I think I'm going to walk more. And he's like, "Um, you come in here three days a week and I'm having you work out for 20 minutes each time. Uh, No, you don't need to walk more. And I was like, but don't I? He's like, no. Because anytime I did more than I was supposed to at home, he would notice and be like, "Uh, you hurt this. You tore this. Like, what are you doing? And he told me to listen to my body and to accept what I can do and stop freaking comparing myself to other people. And once I did that, I stopped looking at every doctor in the world for an answer. I literally stopped going to all my doctors except the primary for my annual and annual physical, and then the chiropractor. And when he fixed the youngest and we went from, you know, no wheelchair at all, like we were limping and whatever, and, and the kid recovered and I began my care, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do one thing at a time. And it, then I think it was when my daughter, Megan, would have been like a year later, she was... Uh, the middle kid, she would have been, I don't know how old, I don't even know, but she was diagnosed with POTS and the doctor looked at me and said, well, you got this from your mother. And I'm like, how the hell do you know that? And he's like, let's just look at you. And I was like, okay, I don't know how we figured that out. But he basically was like, cause he asked me some questions and I answered the, the criteria and he said, you guys are exercise intolerant. Like this is like, hasn't anyone ever told you that you need to do a little bit of this? To build yourself up I said oh yeah my chiropractor did he goes well because your chiropractor is smart because not everybody can tolerate exercise and you need to do it very very slowly and once I sort of swallowed the fact of wait a second I and me my kids are themselves like, like, like we're, we're genetic soup but I can feel good walking for 10 minutes and I can say I walk, took a walk today my, my neighbor wanted me to walk for an hour and a half. I was like, are you on crack? I can't do that. Um, <laughs> but like, I can. And the funny thing is, I actually did walk for an hour the other day with, with another friend. But it didn't bother me because I built myself up to being able to walk longer. So because they walk really slow, an hour of walking really slow did not bother me. I was so worried. I mean, this was on, what's today? It's today, Friday. So it would have been Wednesday. I walked an hour. And I thought for sure yesterday I was going to wake up and be broken. And I wasn't. And I wasn't because I didn't walk fast. Could I have walked fast for an hour and be broken the next day? Absolutely. But we walked so slow that I was like, this is like walking around my house, except around a track. I can do this. And I, I live my life. Like my exercise for the day, the big thing, I do a load of laundry a day, whoopty freaking do. And that is a big deal. I pre-clean when the cleaner comes. That's my exercise. I cannot clean for real. If I clean a toilet, I dislocate a hip. Like not happening. Um. But like, I just do what I can when I can. And I feel good about it. And like today, my husband and I, he, he, the poor guy, he had to have an EEG this morning and we went out to lunch and it was amazing. He's downstairs working because he works from home. I'm upstairs doing this. I messaged him right before I got on and was like, "Uh, FYI, since you're home, can you pick up the, the kid from high school? Oh yeah, no problem. So like, I just feel like I have, I I have this amazing gift of like an amazing life and I should be happy. And maybe I sound like I'm on like, you know, other sort of hard drugs of like, woo, she's on the happy drugs, but I am not, I can assure you, I am on no antidepressants. I am on no happy pills. I just am happy and accepting. I think once I accepted my limitations without putting limitations on myself, if that makes sense, I am happy. I'm satisfied. I'm happy. I have a great life and I have nothing to complain about.
0: No, I, I, that's, that's nicely said actually, because that's, I mean, I don't know how many episodes I have where I'm like, okay, today I've accepted it. Then the next day, nope, didn't accept it. So,
1: (laughs) well, you know what you need to do because, and and I'm going to, I'm going to be not judgy, but I'm going to tell you what to do, but not in a mean way. Um, maybe it'll sound mean, but you need to stop freaking overdoing it. Cause every time you overdo it, you're like down for the count for like three days. I know. So stop no, it.
0: no, no, you're right. Because I just, I just got out of an almost two week flare. Right. And I'm just thinking what, but I'm like, what did I do this time? Because this time it was like, it was in my, it was just in my body. It wasn't like pain. Right. That was so it really kind of messed with me, and then that's how I, you know, that's why the podcast is so important to me because, you know, I'm like, it doesn't matter how I sound or whether I'm in the bed or if I'm in the song, whatever I'm doing, right? I, I at least have to do it, so I feel like I meet an obligation by by doing that, and then when I get an opportunity to share, that's it. But that can sometimes be all I can do, and right. I'm trying to learn like I'm thinking okay well if I spend an hour you know interviewing somebody I'm like I'm afraid somebody's judging me thinking well you know you could have maybe been doing a load of laundry or you could have done this but actually I was doing things I was able to fold laundry you know when I chatted you know I was able to to multitask a little bit but my abilities to do a bunch of things aren't there anymore and like you said, what you've done, I like, I think several people with this illness, I I don't think I'm like the only one, have not quite accepted because it's, I I mean, I admire where you are and how you've done it. That's why I wanted you to to come on because you have a great attitude about it. You don't feel sorry for yourself. The fact that you're like, I can't clean the toilet, but I can pre-clean for the cleaner. And you know, I can't do this, but but you're doing so much and and I mean you chaperoned a trip. I mean, you 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 have a great attitude and you're doing things and I could sit there and be all upset because I can't do it, or I could be proud and be like, okay, I need to know what you're taking or what you're doing. Well, you so
1: play that I, you mentioned the trip because the thing about the New York City trip was if I looked at everything I do on a normal basis for these three helpless children, which are ridiculous teenagers, and my husband, I actually, the only thing I did there that was difficult, and it was hard, was about fourteen to 18,000 steps a day. Aside from that, I didn't have to take care of anyone but my damn self. I literally got to eat by myself, feed myself, order food, so I did not have to cook. Uh... I did no laundry. I didn't have to make my bed. I only had to shower and walk the city of New York and shop and putz. Putzing is my favorite thing in the world. Someday we will do it together. And what I call putzing is when you just find a place wherever you are and you explore little tiny rinky-dink stores. Do you have to buy anything? No, I just enjoy it. So I call it putzing and I got to putz. I got to wake up at 5 in the morning and no one got bitched and complained about it. I got to walk around Times Square at 5.30 in the morning because I was not required to be back to the hotel till 8 a.m. Because the other adults were like, hell no, I'm not leaving the hotel. So all we needed by the code of the district was three adults in the hotel. So I was like, see ya. And I went for a walk at 5 in the morning and I was happy. And I did that, but I literally did less work aside from the walking. And I normally do about 7,500 steps a day, so that's not super exciting. Um, so I did double. But all I did was walk and talk to teenagers. So I can talk without any issue at all. And I can walk essentially. So the trip might sound like I did a lot, but I literally just like wheeled my suitcase in, walked around Times Square for five days and or not even, I think we were there four and then flew home and collapsed in a heap for four days where I did nothing again. So I was exciting that I went on a trip, but it was honestly less work than being here
0: that makes sense that that does because i you know i think about it if if you're making lunch for everybody you're getting everybody up you're you're being a taxi oh they live in a
1: freaking five-star hotel here they get breakfast and dinner handmade and it's not because i have to and they demand it it's just what i do and i swear to goodness if i didn't do that i wouldn't be as tired
0: no uh, that that does that that does make a difference i mean i i've been very fortunate it's you know Weiland started back to school this week and I have had days where I mean I don't I feel like if my husband wasn't here I just mentally feel like I know I would have I just keep telling myself I know I would have gotten up and made it because I have but because there was someone else to do it I I couldn't I could barely get up and get his backpack together right right Back down, and it gets defeating, and you don't realize that taking care of your family, I guess, kind of counts as your activity for the day. Absolutely,
1: absolutely. And I mean, like you know, I jokingly say, like, for a lot of people, if I had to work full time and be single with this disease, or if I had to work full time and still be the same mom with three kids, I think I would have a lot harder time. I am extremely lucky that the income john earns provides us with enough money to put a roof over our head pay our bills get us medical help the kids with college and i literally don't need to get an income do i have a small income yes i write but really it's not paying the bills um it pays for any putzing i want to do but it's not paying for anything and if it wasn't for that i would be screwed because i would end up probably not necessarily on disability but i sure as heck would not have the energy i'd be working at walgreens or wherever i mean you know i have a degree but it wouldn't it wouldn't matter much i'd work as an administrative assistant something that wouldn't get me more than you know general generalized income and i would be probably really complaining and really tired probably all of the time because i wouldn't have the luxury of saying to myself oh go write for an hour go get yourself a coffee go sit out in the yard while you while you sit on a chair and water your plants and then go walk the dog. Like I do leisure activities. I am living the life of a retired senior citizen for Christ's sakes. And, but yet, you know, it appears that I do all these things. Do I volunteer? Yes. Was I at a a fair last night for four hours standing up the entire time talking to people? Yes. But I was in heaven because I love talking to people. So like, I don't know. I feel like we're all, we're all given a a deck of cards, right. And, And it's how we play them. And, my deck of cards includes a life of, of essentially, you know, very privileged ability not to have to, you know, do too much. Um, but what I do do is, is valuable. And, and I volunteer, like I said, a lot and makes me feel good, but you know, I haven't lost a career. Like I know you've gone through things where you, you know, you used to be a, a, a disc jockey, um, you know, 24, seven like a real full-time job. And that's, you know, why you're good at podcasting, but, I'm sure if you could, you would do that again in the heartbeat, but you can't at least not right now.
0: No, 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 definitely. Definitely. I mean, that that, that's something. And, and, and I think that, that too, I guess weighs differently on people, but I do think that you, you have a great attitude and I always, you know, I always say water seeks its own level. So I like to surround myself with people that I know, you know, legitimately were down that I know we're down and that still have setbacks to this day oh yeah are able to go to work or able to take care of their family because I just keep hoping that it's gonna wear off on me <laughs> and and I'll I'll magically just but because it's like when you introduce the I I call them the the y the ytwls right yeah yeah, yeah yeah, when you introduce, introduce those to me, I'm like, okay, I can start doing that. And then when I did the pelvic bridges and it set me back that right. me down and I'm like, okay, I've got to set my plan and I've got to get up every morning and start doing for my body and doing the exercises like you do. So that's why I feel it's good to share our stories. Sure. Somebody is going to get something from what you said, whether it's, oh my gosh, she took the, the, the iodine and, and it did this or, you know, just anything I think helps individuals. And then you also, by sharing, you're letting people know that you don't have to do everything to be happy.
1: Right. I mean, if you need to get, I know we only have a couple minutes left, but if you, you only need to get, you know, like if you're, if your object if your objective is to have a clean house and food on the table, it doesn't matter how that occurs. If you need a house cleaner, then get one. If you need to get takeout a couple times a week, do it. If you need to ask your husband or your kids or other members of your household to contribute, they they can. You know, even even the kid with HEDS can do their own laundry. Like there are things that everybody can do to contribute because we believe in in our house, our motto is Team Gillies, and it really doesn't matter if some, one person's doing all of it or someone's doing part of it. Like as a team, we divide and conquer. In our team, John brings home the income, I spend it. And I, okay. and, and, and I pay for the house cleaner and the different things that help us. But I cook most of the food from scratch at home, because that saves us a lot of money. And that's how we afford the house cleaner, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. And all these things, you know, and the kids do their part. And as a team, we make it work. But like, there are times when I'm not doing so great like I wake up every morning and my hips are like 90 freaking years old and the bottom of my feet hurt and sometimes I don't want to get out of bed but I get out of bed and sometimes I can't do the exercises and I just like make it downstairs and then once I go around the block to just warm up and then come back in my feet start feeling better my hips start feeling better then I do a couple hip flexors exercises and I go okay you got this next thing you know I'm making breakfast driving people and I you know two hours later I'm finally home from dropping Megan off to college and and because the local community college and the other kid off to school and I'm like okay I'm good and then I sit down for like an hour and a half and then I get up and do something else but like I'm not constantly going because I can't I I I guess I have I have built in probably even subconsciously rest periods into my day but the coolest thing about you is we could talk for hours and I know we'll do this again because it's fun but like I think we have to just sort of like share our stories and share your story and you're sharing other people's stories to let people know that one, you're not alone to the way you live your life. What's best for you isn't necessarily best for everybody else. So do like, it's kind of like, listen to the story. And at the cafeteria, take what you want, leave the rest, no judgment. You know, no one's going to judge what people choose to do and try to be positive. Like that's my message. Like be positive, be grateful for what you can do. If you feel really down, write down the five things you can do. Do not write down the 10 things you can't. And then the, the list will get larger and larger and larger. And, and you're going to have a, a happier life because you feel better about your situation.
0: No. And that and that's the perfect way to end this. And and that's why we do like the AWOL Zebra Agenda. I'm like, you've got three things to do right. for this. Do it. If you don't, <laughs> that's fine. Yep. Allie, it is always a pleasure to chat with you. And I, I am so glad we finally connected. And, and Me too. This. Thank you. Sharing your story with us today. Thanks so much. All right. You take care, Allie. You too. All right. All righty. That was Allie Gillies and Christy Lynn A AWOL Zebra. Thank you for being here. Have a lovely day.